0: A couple of announcements and we'll dive into uh, to the word. Um, if, if you if you feel led to give, you can uh, 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 give um, through our app. You can also give by texting the word give to 877-410-8829. That number is at the bottom of your screen there. Um, so that's an, uh, a way to give. I will send you out a link and in, in, in send you out instructions of how to do that. Um, also, keep in a prayer the um, Bias family. Uh, they, they lost their, um, their mother, uh, Irma lost her mother this, this past week. And so keep them in your prayers. Um, and uh, uh, let's just have a, 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 just a time of prayer before we dive into the word this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we we come together again, Lord, this morning. Heavenly Father, and I I lift up, Lord, uh, the, the the biased family, Lord, that is grieving the loss. Heavenly Father, I I, I pray for the other ones, Lord Jesus, uh, the prayer requests, Lord, the the ones we know, the ones we don't know. Heavenly Father, you know the hearts of people, Lord. And I ask you right now, Lord, that you meet them right where they may be at, Lord, comfort them, Lord, do a supernatural uh, uh, healing, Lord, if they need a healing, Lord, if they need a breakthrough, Lord, Lord, do a supernatural breakthrough right where they are at, Heavenly Father. Allow us, Lord, to really see you and sense you and feel you, Lord. I pray, Lord, right now that we set this time aside, Lord, together, Heavenly Father, to dive into your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that it's just not words, Heavenly Father, Lord, but but we develop a relationship with you, Lord, and a deeper relationship with you, Heavenly Father. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that we walk in your freedom and your truth, Lord, that you are about to display to us today, Lord. Use me as a vessel to bring forth what you want to be said, In this time, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning, my sermon is titled, Elevate Freedom, Elevate Freedom. And last week, we looked at Elevate the Potter, if you remember. And we looked at James chapter 5, and we saw in James chapter 5 that we are the clay and that God is the potter and we learned last week that the the potter before the even before the potter picks up the clay before the potter starts molding the clay we know that the potter has plans for that clay and it's our job as clay not to resist the potter or implement our own plan but to do as he asked and wishes in our life we also learned that the potter provides second opportunities Someone say amen to second opportunities, but they only come when we repent, when we are obedient, and when we cooperate with God. And then the last one was a challenge question, and the question was, what potter is molding you? What are you allowing uh, in your life to mold you to where you are at today? Is it God, or is it the potter of your past? Is it the potter of the world? What are you allowing to mold you? That's an important question. That we asked last week and this morning we are going to be looking at Elevate Freedom. Years ago, I, in fact, I still own the shirt, uh, it's one of my workout shirts now. I had a shirt, and, or I say I have a shirt, and, and on the shirt it says, Run Free. It says Run Free, and I bought the, the shirt years ago from, from, from Old Navy. And, and uh, I, I remember a time I was in John's Incredibles and I was at the buffet, and, and the lady was just staring at me at the buffet, and I thought it was kind of odd that she was staring at me. And I thought, well, whatever, I'm not going to confront her because I'm the non-confrontational type. So I thought, Wh- whatever. So I went back to my table with my family, and we begin to eat our dinner. And the lady walks up to our table, and she stares at us. And I thought, this is, this is really awkward. And she looks at my shirt, and she goes, run free? And I look back, and I say, yeah, run free. And she goes, what does that mean? And I felt like telling her but meant that you know what I'm a triple X and and Old Navy had a triple X praise God and I got it cuz it was a triple X at Old Navy that's why I got it for right she probably looked at me and boy, you ain't running free nowhere. But she she looked at my shirt and says, "Run free." She goes, "What kind of slogan is that? Is that a company slogan?" I said, "No." I said that would look cool. And she goes, "I just think it's funny. Run free. Does it cost to run?" And I looked at her, thinking like, "What in the world is going on here? Like this is the oddest conversation." I looked at Nathania and I was like, "I don't know what to tell this lady anymore, right?" And she kind of chuckled and she walked off. But when you think about run free, run free. I was saying about those words this this week. Run free. What it, what it, does it mean? You know, it, it's more than just a, a shirt, a, a slogan on a shirt. I, I look at run free, and it, and it means to run without any hindrances. It means to, to run with perseverance. And I think about run free, and, I, and it, it makes me think about uh, the, the 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 writer of Hebrews 12:1, where it says, "Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race." that lies ahead of us. Run free, right? And we see this, 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 this analogy of a runner and the freedom that a runner has. I, I love to, now I do, I love to run. In, in, in high school, I did. I would run in basketball, but I would hate to run. Now I really enjoy, I tell Nathania, I got 20 minutes. I got to go for my run real quick. And I enjoy running and running free, running and just running, knowing that I have to come back and it get, makes my makes me run more, but run free. And we see these analogies of, of sporting events throughout Paul's writing. We see it in, in, in Galatians in our text this morning. And Paul is saying that the Galatian church, they started to... To run free. They started to run the race well. They started out and they found freedom in Christ. But somewhere down the line, we see this in Galatians, somewhere what happens is they, they encounter things and what happens is they become enslaved again. They lose their freedom. They failed to go the distance in the race. Why do we do that for Why do we do that? Why do we become free just to go back to our bondage? Why do we become free just to go back, as the Bible says, to our vomit, to the nastiness of life? When we are free, but we choose to go back. That's like a slave that is freed and is not recaptured again, but chooses to go back. How many people, if they were slaves, would choose to say, hey, sign me back up, I wanna go back to my slave owner? We wouldn't do that, but we do that when we are freed from our sin, and we're free from our old ways of life, but we go back to our slave owners. Not because they were captured, but because we choose to go back. How many of us started well, but failed to go the distance? If we don't finish the race, we have failed to go the distance. If we don't get to the end zone, we have failed to make the touchdown. And we see this in the life of the Galatian church. They started out well, but failed to persevere to the end. So, how can we live in freedom? Paul gives us three insights of how we can live in freedom this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Going to look at, at the first 15 verses in chapter 5, a new living translation this morning. And, and verse 1 says this So, Christ has truly set us free. Say free. Free is awesome. Free's awesome, isn't it? Now make sure that you stay free, he says. Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. We elevate freedom by living free. We have to live free. Paul wants his readers to live free it wasn't a good slogan on a t-shirt it was the written inspired word of god and let me take it a step further this is not paul's this is paul's writing but if it's inspired by the word of god this is not paul's writing this is god's writing and god is saying i want you that, that, that i want you so christ has truly set you free i want you to live a free life over the past couple of in fact i would say a couple of chapters i've said the entire book of galatians Paul calls out the Galatians for going back to the slave of slavery of the law. See, the Galatian church knew who Jesus was. They knew who he was. They had a relationship with Jesus, but they chose to go back to a religion. They chose to go back to slavery. And Paul was telling them that they were freed. They were no longer living under law, but they were now free of the law. But even though they were freed, they went back to living as a slave again. You know, what's interesting in, in chapter 4, Paul compares the, them living as a slave to Hagar and Ishmael. And he, 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 he refers to them as freedom as Sarah and her son Isaac. We know the story of Hagar, and we know that Abraham and, and, and Sarah were barren, and they couldn't have children, so Sarah told Abraham to rush the promise, and he, she, she went and, uh, and granted Abraham to, to, to go have a child with Hagar, and they had a child, and that child was born into slavery because it was a servant of Abraham, and so that child was Ishmael, and it was born into slavery, Instead, Paul was encouraging the Galatian church. He says, live free like Isaac. And Isaac was Sarah's child that finally, it was a promise of God that finally went into effect. And Paul was saying, you can live like Ishmael who represents slave, who was born into slavery, or you can live like Isaac as children who are free, children who are born into the promise, children who are walking miracles, free children, not children of slavery. You can live as, as Isaac, or you can live as Ishmael. We can live like children who are free, or we can live like Satan wants us to live, Tied down in slavery and bondage and legalism We're going to serve one or the other The things in this world or we will serve the creator of the world One of the two is going to happen Jesus made you free He came not for us to live under the law But he came to let fulfill the law Right? Right? But if we live in bondage and in a legal relationship with God, that, that's not what God intended for us. That's not what God's will is because if that was the will of God, he would never have sent Jesus. That's not his, his intent for our lives. God's will for us is to live through Christ Jesus. In fact, Jesus says in John eight three six he says, so if the Son sets you free, you're what? You're free indeed. Amen. Through the blood of, the, of, 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 of Christ. We just did communion this morning. Through the blood of Christ, the body of Christ that was whipped, that was put upon that cross, we have been set free from past condemnations. Amen? You've been set, been set free of yesterday's mistakes and yesterday's sin. You have been set free. And Paul is saying that Jesus set you free. But he's saying, since Jesus has set you free, what he's saying is, you know what you need to do? Is you need to stay free. Stop going back to the vomit. Stop going back to the sin. Stop going back to yesterday. And Paul gives us a warning. He says, don't go back and get tied up in the slavery after you've been set free. Don't go back to what you're freed from. The NIV puts it this way in verse one. It says, Stand firm, then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul's talking about the law in the Galatians. They are going back to living under the law and not under the authority of Jesus that they knew. And it's not through uh, the law that we have eternal life, but the Bible says it's only through Jesus that we have eternal life. We see this in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, not believes in the law, but believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We don't have eternal life because of the law. We have eternal life life through jesus christ amen and paul's warning the galatian church and he's warning us today not be burdened again of any slavery because i've set you free live free amen live free of slavery live free of legalism some churches in america have become so legalistic it's not even funny and that's why churches are dying across the nation because they're so legal in and, and, and what they need and the girls can't do this and you've got to wear your dress this way and you can't wear pants and you've you got to come into the church with a shirt and tie and all these other things that we set up, that man set up, but they were never meant to be placed, but we've somehow put it into to, to this, this, this situation in life and we made it so legalistic. There's no place for legalism. There's no place for sin. So why do we go back to the law? Why do we think we can earn our way into heaven? Why do we think we can earn our way in a relationship with God? Why do we always go back to our sinful ways? Why do we go back to our slavery? Why do we go back to our, our Egypt per se? Aren't we free? Then why do we go back? You know why we go back? Is because we have forgotten how terrible slavery was. We've forgotten how terrible slavery was. And, and I like to call it the children of Israel syndrome. We forgot about how, how terrible slavery was. See, we run to God. He fixes it. We said, Lord, I'm going to live my life to the fullest, and I'm going to serve you. And then the, uh, something happens, and guess what we do? We forget about how bad slavery was and therefore we go right back into it jesus came for us to be released from slavery but anytime we run into any trouble just like the children of israel we we look back at, at 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 slavery and we think it's not too bad we make stupid excuses of at least we had three meals a day and a roof over our head. I'm using that as an example of of the, of the children of Israel in Egypt, but we look back at sin and say, Well, you know what? Life wasn't that bad. If it wasn't that bad, you would have never came to Jesus in the first place. It was horrible. Miserable. That's what sin is. And it's time to break free of the slavery mentality that is holding us down. Because Jesus did not come and die upon the cross so we can continue to live in slavery. He came to set the captives free. Amen. Amen? And it's for us to live in freedom. So we got to step out of the slave mentality that's been holding us down for way too long. Jesus died for us to be free, and we must start living like free people. And I've seen too many Christians just live in the bondage that are tied up. That are Christians in word, but not Christians in action. And what happens is we are tied up to the bondage and the slavery of the law and of sin in our lives. And it's time for us to elevate that freedom that God has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. We're slaves to the law, slaves to our past, slaves to our current sin. And listen, Jesus did not go to the cross to temporarily suspend slavery. He went to the cross to totally abolish slavery. He went to the cross for us to live free. Yes. You won't recognize the awesomeness of the gospel unless you can recognize the awfulness of your prior condition. I'll say it one more time. You won't recognize the awesomeness of the gospel unless you can recognize the awfulness of your prior condition. The children of Israel failed to recognize the awesomeness in the wilderness. There's awesomeness in the wilderness. Amen. There was awesomeness in the wilderness. God was performing, man, I want to see those signs and wonders. I want to see water from a rock. I want to see water uh, split open and walk across dry land. I want to see a pillar of cloud and a pillar of light. And all this was going on. And they said, you know what, Moses, we want to go back to our slavery. Because they failed to recognize and to forgot about the awfulness of their prior condition. And we do the same thing. It wasn't so bad and we go back to it. Let's not negate everything Christ has done. Live in the life and the freedom that he died for. Verse two says this, listen. He says, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. What is he saying? Legalism. If you think you're going to be legal in the law. Christ has no benefit to you. He says, I'll say it again. In fact, he repeats himself in verse three. He says, if you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation and the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live in the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You're running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to what? To freedom. Amen. Amen. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads to the whole batch of dough. Elevate freedom by living in the truth. Paul tells us that if we're counting on the law to make us right with God, he says that Jesus will be no benefit to you. You can't have it both ways. You can't receive Christ, then go get circumcised and claim uh, 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 you can save yourself That's what works does Claiming that we can save ourselves Because if you can save yourself, then there is no purpose for jesus If you can save yourself, then there is no need for jesus to die on the cross You can't follow the law and follow jesus I'll Tell you the circumcision is no longer needed because jesus died upon the cross And what Paul was preaching was that physical circumcision was no longer needed because that was under the law. But he's saying physical circumcision was no longer needed. Spiritual circumcision is still needed. Look at what Paul writes in Romans to the Romans in 229. He says, no, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. A true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. By following the law, we seek the praise of man and not of God. By following the law, we attempt to earn salvation. Let me tell you, salvation is not yours to earn. It's not mine to earn. We don't earn salvation. It's a gift. If you earn it, it would be called a wage, right? I go to work, I earn a living, it's my wage. There's nothing we can earn for salvation. It's not a wage, it's a gift. It's given and it's given freely. So why do we try to do something that has already been done? Why do we do why 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 do we try to go out and earn salvation? When we try to follow the law, we become slaves to the law and we do not become slaves to Jesus. We live with freedom by living the truth. And you might ask, "Well, what's what's the truth?" You know, it's it's hard to decipher what the truth is nowadays. You hear truth all you know is this fake is this real is this not real is this not you know fake what is it are we going right are we going left are we going up down sideways what where are we going right because where's the plumb line at where does truth start and where does truth end and the bible says truth starts and ends and is found in Jesus. John 8 31 32 says Jesus said to the people who believed him who said it not Dennis, Jesus said it, right? Jesus said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. Okay, we know that as Christians. And you will know the truth, and we will know the truth, and the truth will what? Will set you free. The truth, amen? He's saying if we're truly his disciples, we will remain in his teaching, and we will understand the truth, and we will receive the truth, and the truth will set us free. See, the thing is, is instead of accepting this truth, we don't see an issue with our life. And therefore, we fail to see the truth. Remember what I said earlier? You won't recognize the awesomeness of the gospel unless you recognize the awfulness of your prior condition. We fail to see the truth. And therefore, we fail to live in freedom. In fact, the Jews didn't see it because look at the response in verse 33. Listen listen to their answer to Jesus when Jesus talks about the truth. They said, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? And Jesus answers them in verse 34. He says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. A slave is not part of the family. A slave has no inheritance. A slave is not an heir to the throne. But a son is. Amen? Amen. A son is. And the Jews failed to see that. Until we can see the truth, we won't experience true freedom. And we see that in their reply. Abraham's descendants were never a slave to anyone, they said. Of course they were. They were a slave to the law that Jesus was trying to abolish and fulfill, I should say. Not abolish, but fulfill. And it was the whole time that Jesus fought the high leaders and the high priests and and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody else. And he was trying to tell them, look, it's not in the law, but it's in a relationship. And he's telling people to, to, you know, here I am, wake up, is what he's telling them. He's telling them to to, to wake up because I am the truth, and the truth will set you free. I will set you free. Not living a legalistic law. I will set you free, he says. And he fought them his entire time on this this earth, and they missed the mark. But Jesus standing in front of them, they missed the mark. We miss the mark. We are so worried about the religion part that we forget about the relationship part. And I've said this weeks and weeks and weeks. We can't fall into a trap of legalism. We can't just look at the religion and forget about the relationship because the religion is the legal part of it. It's the relationship that will set us free. But it's easy for us to do because we sit back and we look at the law. And what we do is we check boxes. Well, you know what? Uh, I honored my father and my mother. Okay, that's checked. And I haven't cheated on my wife. Okay, that box is checked. And I put God first in everything, I think. And that one box is checked. And all we go through with the law is we check boxes. See, you can live by the law. But once you fall short of the law, there is no grace. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's the law. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And that's the freedom. Freedom. You can live by the law, but once you fall short of the law, you fall short of grace. And sometimes we look at, at grace as a freedom to sin. God's going to forgive me anyways. We're not under the law. That law was hard stuff. Now we forget about this. We forget that Jesus, what He did was He elevated the law. He fulfilled the law, right? So you might check the box. I haven't cheated on my wife Yeah, but Jesus says if you looked upon a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery. You looked, you looked upon your, your, your brother and sister angrily, you've already committed murder in your hearts. That's harsher than the law. Let me tell you that, because Jesus says I came to fulfill the law. And if you do these things, you've already done it in your hearts. So don't think living under grace is easier, right? It's freer Because we have to go before the Father and and, and ask for forgiveness. But it's not easier. He elevated the law. Paul explains this in, in Galatians 4, 12. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you, Gentiles, free from those laws. Free from what laws, Paul? The law. The legalist. The sin start living free by living the truth. Lastly in verse 13 to 15 he says for you've been called to live in freedom my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. But if you already if you if but if you are already biting and devouring one another. Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. The third key is elevate freedom by living to love and serve. We have to live to love and to serve. Also, Paul says in verse 13, you have been called to what? Live in what? In freedom. Amen. You haven't been called to live in sin, to Christ's freedom is not, I'm sorry, Christian freedom is not a freedom to sin, but it's a freedom from sin. It's not, it's not a freedom to sin, it's a freedom from sin. Jesus says he came and he came to what set the captives what? Free. Not keep them enslaved in bondage. Be living freedom by living to love and to serve. Paul tells us that freedom from the law does not do away with the obligation of holy conduct. We are not to take the freedom Jesus has given to us and satisfy what we want, satisfy our sinful nature. We are not free to do whatever we want. We are free to do whatever God wants in our life. Paul tells us to use the freedom that was given to us. And he says, start what? Serving and loving. This, this speaks to us today, church, in the day and age we're living in, to serve and to love. Paul says, he mentions, love your neighbor as yourself. Who says that? Jesus. Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment a second is equally important he says love your neighbor as yourself the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on those two commandments start loving god with all your heart and love others as we love ourselves it's the greatest commandment i didn't say it jesus said it the greatest commandment we can't fulfill any other commandment without loving the Lord. We can't, you can't fulfill any other commandment without loving the Lord. You can't fulfill the law without loving the Lord. Regardless you go. you want to go down that way, you can't fulfill any part of it without loving the Lord and loving your neighbor as yourself. And if we can't do that, look what Paul says in in verse 15, and I love the amplified version because I think it fits us in the day and age we're living in today. It says, but if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. In partisan strife, in partisan strife. Reminds me of our government, and partisan strife. Continue to have partisan strife. Just says, be careful that you're not consumed by one another. Let me tell you today, church, that freedom has been given to you. Live like free people. Stop living in bondage. Stop living as a slave. And, you know, I see people throughout. You know, I, I drove through San Bernardino Friday, me and Dennis, and I took some surface streets that I normally don't take, and there's so much bondage, just people in bondage, and we can look at that and say, well, yeah, that's drug abuse, and that's alcohol, and that's, you know, things done sexually to them, and, and, and their mental state, and they're just in bondage. Yeah, that's them, but what about us? Our bondage might not not be alcohol or drugs. Our bondage might might be sexual things or mental state, but our bondage might be going back to our vomit over and over and over again. And Jesus says, "Hey, listen, I, I died. You know how upset I would be if I died for you and you keep going back to your junk. That's harsh." I would be pretty upset. I get upset at my kids when I buy them something, they become ungrateful. Can you imagine, Jesus, I died for you. I died to, 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 to take you out of bondage. I died to take you out of slavery. I died so you can live in freedom. And you go back to the junk that I freed you from. Heavy. But we're challenged this morning to live in the truth, to love and to serve others. And you can't do that when you're too busy backbiting each other. Just love your enemies. Paul said it's gonna end up destroying one another. The challenge this morning is you hold the keys to freedom. We hold the keys to freedom, church. And the world wants freedom. We see them protesting and we see them doing this and that and everything else. But you know what it's doing is causing more bondage than freedom. It's causing more, more, we point the fingers at each other instead of being in love in unison. And what we need to do is realize that we hold the keys to freedom. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. It's it's about showing that, you know what, I'm free because Christ has set me free from my bondage and my sin and my condemnation, from my past, from my hurts, from my scars, from the things that people have done me wrong. And there's freedom. Amen. Amen. And we hold the keys to that freedom. And so many of us have been ransoming the keys to freedom. Because as we live free, the world is bondage. As we live free, people continue going back to their vomit. And as we live free, it's time for us to go before and and tell people really that there's another option. That freedom does exist. That true freedom does exist and is found in our Savior, Lord and Je- our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it starts with serving and loving, and that includes our enemies. That includes the people who, who make fun of you, the people who persecute you, the people who come against you, the people who don't have the same views as you, the people who have you know, this, this view or that view or want to live their life this way or that, that way, it starts with loving and serving. And it's time that we elevate freedom, amen? Stand with me as I close this morning. I feel a, 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 a wanting of a release this morning. A release of bondage, of a, a release of oppression. A, a, a release to live in freedom. A release of being tied down, being conditioned by the world and, and not of God, but a, a release that needs to happen for us to really experience true freedom. And I don't know where you're at. There's a few here this morning, and I know there's you at home this morning. But we've been living in bondage, and if we haven't lived in bondage, maybe we're living free, but we keep going back to the vomit. And it's time for us, church, to elevate freedom. The freedom that God has given to us. Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord, and I don't know who it's for, but I feel burdened. I feel burdened from the bondage of this world, from the past hurts that we've gone through and the things that have been said in our lives, the things that we've experienced. And that bondage gets tighter and tighter as the years go. Lord, I ask you, Heavenly Father, to forgive us, Lord. To allow us to see who you are, to allow us to experience what true freedom is, Heavenly Father. It's not about living in bondage. It's not about going back to our Egypt. It's about living free because you have designated that for our lives. You said who the sun sets free is free Indeed. So right now, I cancel out any attack of the enemy in our lives, of our minds. And he needs to take take the, the grass and the bondage and the slavery that has been placed upon us that we have willfully allowed in our lives to be severed and cut in the name of Jesus. Lord, cut the bondage right now, Lord. Cut the the ropes and the chains that have been holding us down, Lord, and allow us to rise up, Lord, as a people, Lord, that desperately need you, Lord. In this day and age, Heavenly Father, let us, Lord, experience the true freedom, Lord, and allow us, Lord, to be that light and that freedom that the world needs to see today, Lord. Free us, Lord. Lord, right where we're at, say, I forgive. There's people with unforgiveness in their hearts. And right now, the healing needs to occur. But it needs to say, Lord, I forgive. I forgive. Allow us, Heavenly Father, to live free. Freedom starts with a relationship, not religion. Right where you're at, I don't know where you're at, but repeat after me, Heavenly Father. I ask you for your forgiveness of sin. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I ask you to free me From the bondage of sin, from the bondage of legalism, from the bondage of my past, and allow me to walk in freedom in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, bless us this week, Lord, as we leave this place. Be with us, protect us, keep us safe, Lord. We thank you for it. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, you are dismissed. Don't forget, join us throughout the week uh, and again next Sunday. If you need prayer, we're gonna open up the altars here, but if you need prayer and you're at home, uh, uh, feel free, send us an email, send us a text message. We'll make sure that we are praying for you. That number is... It's at the bottom of, of, of your screen there, your email address. Uh, send us a text. Give us a call. God bless you. Remember, you are free. Stop living like slaves. We'll see you next week. God bless.